What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. We're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's show, Anthony Simons left off two, count them, two different lists of the best players under 25 in the NBA. Really? Hmm. Very interesting. As Russell Westbrook once famously said, uh, some reporting on the sale of the Trailblazers seems closer than ever. Let's talk about what that means. And then we'll close the show taking a spin, our first ever spin live. If you're watching uh, watching on YouTube, you can see, well, you'll see me do this in real time on the third segment. We'll take a spin on the Tankathon, simulate a Blazers draft for the first of many, many times this year. So let's let's talk uh, 25 under 25. The 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 worldwide leader ESPN.com released their list. They do this each and every year of the 25 best players under the age of 25 in the league. It was a panel of three people, so it's it's maybe like this is maybe like a sample size thing, but it's smart people: Bobby Marks, uh, Mike Schmitz, and Kevin Pelton, friend of the program. Kevin Pelton, uh, former guest on the on this podcast, and just like a friend of mine. Uh, so. You know, I, I really respect KP. I don't know. I do not know Bobby and Mike at all. But like, these are smart people who know the league. Um, and yet, Anthony Simons does not make the list. I would I would call that curious. Like, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's necessarily like an indictment of them or whatever it might be. But like, it, it's a little bit curious that they're that that Simons isn't on the list. When I go through this, quite frankly. I don't see I don't, I see one name that is like legitimately very egregious. I'm not sure that I see a bunch of other names that are that are that. Like like I think and and you can look at it with me here. Like Jaron Jackson is, is 25. If you're watching on YouTube, you can you can watch it with me here. Like Jaron Jackson is at 25. I think I think Jaron Jackson just like straight up straight up better than Ants. I, I don't think that's a problem. Tyrese Maxey. Now we're getting to the point where like I, I think you can make a case that Tyrese Maxey is better than Anthony Simons, but I don't I don't know that we're getting we're getting strong. And then this is the name that I want to highlight right here. Like John Collins is not better than Anthony Simons, and this is. This is a list to be clear that is uh it's it's not it's not uh best players like currently it's tw- it's pr- future projections of the best 25 players and I just project every Simons to be way to be straight up way better uh w- way better than than John Collins. Um at the top of the list, you know, it, it, there's not a lot you can bicker with, right? Luka Doncic is, is number one. Jason Tatum is number two. John Morant is three. Trey Young is four. Uh, you get uh, six is is Cade Cunningham. Seven is is Zion Williamson. I don't know how Bam Adebayo didn't get in there. Um, it, it, you know. <laughs> uh, five is Lamelo Ball. I skipped over him on my list. Like it's, I, I think those. I think the that top seven is pretty unassailable. Anthony Simons is not better than Luka Doncic and, and and Jason Tatum. He's not in that stratosphere. He's not. He's not as good as John Moran. He's not. He's not there. Right. Um, he's not close to Trey. Trey is like an, an elite engine. Uh, Lamelo Ball is pretty pretty obviously better than Anthony Simons is. Same with Cade Cunningham. Like I. I, I think you could argue that um, their production was relatively similar, but Cade looks like he's going to be a super duper 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 star. Um, I would, I would, I would buy some Cade Cunningham stock. I think he's going to be really good in the league. 
I think what this gets to, and I, and I think this is maybe the part that's like frustrating for some is like, this isn't an indictment of Ant. Like Ant being like Ant not being included over Tyreek's Maxi and and John Collins is like is fine, right? You know who's not on the list? Robert Williams isn't on that list. OG Ananobi isn't on that list. But I, I think like what, what I'm and I'm I I maybe should have like manufactured some fake outrage to be like, here's who Ant is better than them. He's better than John Collins. I think he's I think he will be better than John Collins next year, and I think he'll be consistently better there for moving on. John Collins, get him out of here for my money. Um, Anthony Simon is going to be better than him, but. Every Simon's being one of the say like twenty seven best uh, best under twenty five year olds in the league just speaks as kind of the strength of that twenty eighteen draft class and how special it is. Um, the other name that maybe people might bicker with a little bit is Desmond Desmond Bain ends up at seventeen, and, and you might argue that that because of Anthony Simon's shot creation skills, he belongs ahead of Desmond Bain. I, I think I can hear some of you complaining about Tyrese Halliburton. I, I'm not going there, not yet. Um, but I think I think Ant is relatively comparable with those players and I think that's really what this speaks to is like um, each of each of the three people on this ESPN panel at uh, Pelton Schmitz and Marks all released their their list like their individual lists and how they got there none of the three had Ant on there um, you know a couple of them had had some some differentiations in there and whatever and like um, Bam Adebayo was higher on KP's list than he was on, on other folks Bam Adebayo is fantastic. Y'all need, y'all need to put him higher on the list. Give me Bam Adebayo probably over um, over Zion Williamson today uh, just because of, of health and availability. Although Bam did miss a bunch of time this year. Um, what this speaks to is like, I think generally around the league, the perception is maybe a little lower on Simons than it is here. And I I, I think that's what the most eye-opening thing. I mentioned that there were two lists. Uh, the Athletic maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally did a similar thing with uh, Mike Vorkanov and, and James Edwards. And uh, what Vork and, and, and James got to was that instead of doing a top 25 list, they built a team, like a 13 person team, an active, like a either active roster for any given night of 25 players under 25. Uh, neither of them included Amphrey Simons on their list, but both of them included Amphrey Simons in like the last cuts to make the team. Uh, Edwards had, maybe he listed them in order, was kind of unclear, but had them behind uh, Franz Wagner, or the rookie from the Magic. That's wild to me. Um, good, whatever it might be, but I think I think there's reason to be like a little bit frustrated, maybe with with this ant ranking. But moreover, like I look at this as like um, it, it is an interesting. It is an interesting way to consider what Anthony Simons' value is around the league as he heads into free agency, right? Like if you say like, well, he's not as good as Tyrese Maxey or, or Tyrese Halliburton, or he's you know he's, he's no Desmond Bain, like right? Like if you if you start if you start knocking off these guys that are all better than uh, better than ants at, at twenty five, like you kind of this isn't how necessarily front offices perceive them, but I, I don't think like this makes it seem more likely that Anthony Simons is getting like nineteen and a half million dollars a year and not 23 and a half million dollars a year um you know kevin pelton and bobby marks don't don't set the don't set the salary but when i'm thinking about this i'm like okay all of these dudes if they're under 25 they've either you know signed max contracts like De'Aaron fox uh luka Doncic, uh trey young will get there um signing you know the super max deals uh jaron jackson signed a max extension stuff like that um it's like pretty much everyone on this list is aligned to sign for that type of money like that's that's what this means uh 
not ex- it's maybe not exactly one to one, but it's it's darn close. Like if you're on this list, you are signing for for near max or max money. Zion Williamson max money that type of thing. Like obviously everybody up there, Lamelo will, will end up signing for max money. Kate Cunningham's a freaking number one overall pick is going to sign for max money. Like Ant not being on this list, it makes me think not like that he was snubbed. Is that like this summer he might the Blazers might get a quote unquote discount because of the, maybe the, the larger perception of what Anthony Simons is, is like in the league. Um, is that, is that going to come in cheap? No, that's not how this works. But like I said, maybe this is bumping down from below 20 million to under 20 million as an average annual value, because there just are a bunch of young, really good players in the league. And there won't be this like crazy rush for ant services. There aren't a bunch of teams that can sign them with, you know, there's not a bunch of free agent money out there. And the teams that do have free agent money, like the Spurs and the Pistons and the Pacers, they've got good young guards, Kate Cunningham and Tyrese Halliburton on the damn list. Uh, DeJounte Murray, pretty darn good you know an all-star this year so it's it doesn't seem like those teams are as like threatening necessarily specifically the ones with with cap room and maybe the perception if you look at this list 25 under 25 is that like the there isn't this big push to create room to make a run on ants uh, ants always going to resign with the blazers but i think this is maybe an interesting judge of his market value all right let's let's come back in the second segment let's talk sale of the team speaking of market value and money a little bit of reporting out of portland about uh potential future sale of the blazers and and many of you have kind of reached out asking me about the potential so let's let's talk about that but first i want to tell you about bet online yeah, that's our partner that's got more draft odds, or excuse me, more more odds, more lines, and more props than anywhere else. Tomorrow night is a massive, massive game for the, Bla- for the Blazers. They're not playing, but the Clippers host the Pelicans in the West final West playoff game to decide who gets eighth. Pelicans miss the playoffs. Blazers are very likely to get two uh, lottery picks. This is will change the future of their franchise. A massively important game right now on betonline.net. The Clippers are favored by four points. Minus Clippers, minus four and a half. The money line, minus 175. If you want to bet on the Clippers over and under, over under in that game, 20 or 215 and a half. They got odds like that on everything. Not just, not just your Clippers Pelicans game, but every sport you can find. So why don't you go take advantage of it right now? That's bet online where the game starts. Oh, right. Let's keep it rolling. So we talked Ant on the 25 under 25 list. One of the big things that's going to happen this summer is the Blazers are going to have to commit long-term money to probably several players. Certainly, Yusuf Nurkic and Anthony Simons, and I think there's a very good chance that the Blazers also commit some long-term money to Dame. In fact, he's already under contract for three seasons, but I think it's, um, if you've been listening to this podcast, let me say it again clearly for you. I think it is very, very, very likely that the Blazers signed Damian Lillard to a max extension this summer, offering him two years and a little over $100 million uh, that would keep him under contract for five more seasons after this. I think that's a I think this is just straight up likely scenario. That would be a lot of money committed to folks be beyond what the Blazers do with potentially two picks, beyond what they do with mid-level exception, beyond what they do with, you know, if they make if they use that traded player exception to bring in another, you know, somebody making close to $20 million a year, like they're going to make some big financial decisions this summer because that's the position they're in. And it's also like a billion dollar entity. They make big financial decisions every summer. It's the nature of the beast, but it matters 
more because it seems inevitable that the Blazers are going to be sold in the near-ish future. Uh, reporting from Jason Quick of The Athletic a couple months ago indicated basically exactly that, that the Blazers have a deal kind of negotiating a lease with the city for the for the arena and some of the sort of negotiations with the lease, like the Blazers are going to renew it, they're, they're not going anywhere, but like some of the negotiations with the lease are tied up in what's going to happen with the sale. How long will... How long will that um, deal be? How, you know, how long will the agreement with the city be? What does it look like? What what are the if there's outs? What are the outs look like? What are the renewals look like? All of sort of all of the biz, big business things you do with your municipality that you live in. It's you know they're they're Portland's going to be here. They're, the Blazers are going to be here rather. Portland's also going to be here. That's how geography works. But the Blazers are going to be here. But the like some of the sort of negotiations with the uh, with the stadium stuff with the stadium leasing stuff is tied into who is going to own the team and it was always always going to be a short-term ownership after Paul Allen passed and Jody Allen became the executor of his estate and the Paul Allen estate owns it and and Jody Allen is you know fu- the functioning owner as the as the estate sorted out um I've said this in the podcast before but I'll say it again right when Paul passed I asked someone who kind of is it would know this type of thing if because I assumed that the sale could happen very quickly. I said kind of like, hey, when when can we expect this thing to get sold? And they told me it would take at least five years for it to be sorted out. Paul passed in fall of 2018. Uh, the fall of 2023 would be five years. I think it's coming. Not just because like someone told me that in 2018, but like the reporting suggests that. Uh, both Jason Quick and The Athletic says like that there might even be some... Uh, uh, kind of in the estate that might say that Jody Allen has to go ahead and make the sale. She, she can't wait around. Like it's uh, part of the, part of the deal of the estate is that they need to move on from ownership of this. So that, that was reporting from Jason quick and some recent reporting from John Consano who runs, uh, he's, he's gone independent. He no longer works at the Oregonian. He runs a, a Substack, baldfacetruth.com or baldfacetruth.substack, whatever it is, baldfacetruth, uh, BFT, shout out to John Consano, uh, um, a, a powerful voice in this market. Uh, and, and Gonzano wrote uh, a story about kind of the Blazers' future, detailing some of the lease stuff. But but the real reporting is there. He said that a source within Vulcan, which is the entity that uh, Paul Allen's company and Vulcan Sports is the entity that, that runs Trailblazers Incorporated, TBI, that runs the Blazers, that ex- that runs the portion of the estate that owns the the, uh, the Trailblazers, that Vulcan is, it's someone within Vulcan told him that the Blazers would be sold within 6 to 18 months. Also indicated the Blazers aren't going anywhere. No, duh. Like, anyone worried that the Blazers are going anywhere just isn't, is not paying attention to sort of the nature of, of the, how the NBA is going to work. Uh, they're going to expand. They're not going to relocate. Uh, ex- when you expand... You have to buy in. When you buy in, owners get the money of the buy-in. They want billionaires want more money. They're not going to they're not going to relocate. Uh, the relocation of Seattle of the supersonics to Oklahoma City was kind of ugly and stupid. Um, they did a poor job with it. They do not want to have that happen again. They do not certainly aren't going to have it happen again to these same like, regional markets. The Blazers aren't going anywhere. Whoever buys a team is not taking them anywhere. They probably won't be able to take them anywhere by either by mandate or league rule. Like it's just not going to happen. But According to Gonzano, six to eighteen months, like six months, would be October of this year. Eighteen months, you know, would be next summer, uh, roughly, give or take. Right? Like it's it would be next off, roughly next off season. I guess it would be the end of next off season. But if if it's in there, it could be it could be ne- it could be any time from 
the, this coming summer to next coming summer when when to the next summer after that 2023 when this team gets sold and I, I think like why I mentioned the financial stuff up top is like everything flows from who's in charge I think that's part of the reason why um it's it's like a just a straight up lock that Joe Cronin is going to get to continue to have this job because more so than maybe the player contracts which are always like sort of typically short term and um and and like while maybe giving Damian Lode 55 million dollars when he's 36 is like not good um basketball sense in a salary cap league like it's fine for butts in seats like for selling tickets like keeping Dame here actually might be more valuable to the franchise even if it screws up the salary cap you can only spend so much on player contracts so so like where the actual sort of spending happens and then like the business decisions happen are like th- things like a lease for a building or things like executive, you know, putting executives in charge. The Blazers had two chief executives leave, like two, two C-level executives leave uh, this, this one, one left on of their own accord uh, on the business side. And then they fired Neil Olshay on the basketball side uh, and they promoted from within. Like that's, that's not, not to say that, um, Dwayne Hankins or or Joe Cronin isn't isn't um you know capable of doing the job like Cronin has reshaped the whole dang thing and 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 Hankins has as you know has kind of done some things behind the scenes that maybe we don't know as as much about but like if you were kind of all in on I'm the owner and will reshape this in my image like you you might hire from the outside or you might you know conduct a large outside search while the Blazers have, you know, said, oh, we're going to conduct search and keep the interim tag on Cronin. Uh, the reporting from Jason Quick, friend of the program, says like they haven't even considered reaching out to any of the agents that represent big big GMs or pretty much, you know, 85% of the GMs around the league. It's Cronin's job. And that is the type of stuff that just points to this team being sold. You don't hire a GM and sign them to, you know, hire, go get your big money GM and assign them to a long-term contract and then sell the team two years later because the new owner is going to want to reshape things in their own right. You like, you promote from within and maybe Cronin keeps the job because he does a good job and the new ownership says you're doing a good job, keep it moving. But like, you don't make these sort of big financial executive level decisions if you're going to move on from the team. Everything flows from ownership. Uh, ownership is the biggest advantage in sports. The Blazers used to have that in spades. Uh, the you know after Paul Allen passed, things changed. Jody Allen Woods was not obsessed with the NBA like her brother. That's not a fault of hers. It's just a fact. Um, her faults are otherwhere, other places than like not liking the NBA very much. But ownership is a huge advantage in the league. Like it's. The teams that are good have owners that invest in them and and will um, be passionate about putting out a winning product. And teams that have bad ownership see the team in Sacramento uh, for a long period of time and and continuing now, like they scuffle, they scuffle. See the Minnesota Timberwolves probably with um, the pretty whack ownership group over the last 20 years. Like it, it is what it is. Ownership is really important. The Blazers are likely headed for a sale here in the next couple years, it sounds like. And ownership should should hopefully rightfully change the direction of this franchise uh, because not that the Blazers can't be good with, with uh, Jody Allen in charge. Like they went to the freaking Western Conference finals the year Paul passed. Like it's not, that's not exactly how it works. It's not one-to-one, but if you are, if things are shifting the other way and it looks like the Blazers were incredibly messy over the last little bit, Ownership helps things be less messy. Ownership helps guide things. The decision-making from the top, a commitment and a passion from the top puts things on a course. Like that's just, that is, even if you aren't a hands-on owner, you hire people who make, you know, you hire and put people in spots to, to 
carry out the vision to conduct things, etc., etc. Um, the Blazers are headed for a sale and everything will flow from that sale. All right, let's come back in the third segment and spin the dang wheel. We're playing some little tankathon game. We're going to simulate, we're going to take three spins on tankathon, simulate some drafts, see where the Blazers land in the in the fake lottery world and dream about a future where the Blazers are hopefully Hopefully, if we do it right, at the top of the lottery. But before we do that, let me tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that there is. You can go look at all the flavors they got at Built.com. They got a rotating cast of characters, new and limited time flavors all the time. Right now, they got a bunch of puff flavors in various varieties, like uh, you got your raspberry puff and your strawberry puff. Uh, It's kind of like a marshmallow, airy flavor, maybe akin to a Milky Way. If a Milky Way had 17 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar, like delicious and and tasty and and candy bar-esque but packing a real punch uh if if you're not into the into the puff flavors you can find some old standbys like my personal favorite peanut butter brownie or whatever you're into go to built.com check it out and while you're there save some money use the promo code locked 15 you get 15 percent off your next order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com today's show is also brought to you by rockauto.com the family business that's been saving you money and specializing in helping do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. I'm talking real money, 30, 50, even a hundred percent. If you go to the chain auto parts store, or if you're going to the dealership, uh, if you listen to my story last week, I went to a chain auto parts store and they just straight up did not have what I was looking for. So what I did was I turned to, I listened to my own dang ad. I turned to rockauto.com and I got the parts I needed. It was windshield wipers shipped right to my door. Easy as that. Saved some money and could have saved myself time if I wasn't such a dummy. So why don't you follow my advice? Maybe not my actions and go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, make sure you write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? That way they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're going to do something fun that we've never done before, but many of you out there have mashed this button. So now you're going to get to see me mash this button. Uh, the Blazers potentially, depending on what happens with their, uh, with the uh, Pelicans game on, we'll call it the Clippers game with the Clippers game on Friday. The, the Blazers have a, have a chance to have uh, two lottery picks, but certainly they're going to have one. Uh, they're going to end up with their own lottery pick that could, 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 as we, as we sit here, it, it, it could be as it could be the number one overall pick. Uh, it's right now where they stand. Uh, they, they, only they have only they have a nine percent chance uh, to get the number one overall pick and a thirty-seven point two percent chance of getting a top four pick. The Blazers right now where they stand have a forty-nine. Let me do the math a little bit more. Let's call it fifty point four percent chance. Basically, mo- better than half that they will pick seven or eight in the draft. But a nine percent chance of getting the number one overall pick. Nine point two of landing three. Nine point four of getting that third pick. A nine point six percent chance of getting fourth. They cannot pick fifth and they cannot pick lower than 10th. And they only have a 0.1% chance of picking 10th. So really they're going to pick nine or higher and not fifth somewhere in that range. Not, you know, one through nine, but not five. So, 
Um, and I'm getting all of these odds from the good folks at tankathon.com. It's a website that does pick odds for, you know, all the major sports, and then you can simulate the lottery. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do a straight up, uh, mock draft on live right here. If you're watching on, on YouTube, this is live. I'm, I'm, I'm streaming it for you as I record it, but you are going to see the results live. If you're watching here with me on YouTube, you've seen me pull up the Tankathon website. We're going to sim the lottery. We're going to do this. We're going to do three spins. And we're going to talk about what we see. So should we do it? Let's do it. All right. In our first spin, the Blazers fall down to eighth the Pacers jump up to first Rockets get second the Hawks the Hawks jumped up 10 spots to get a the third pick uh, in in the draft Pelicans fourth courtesy of that Lakers pick Magic 5 Pistons 6 OKC 7 and the Portland Trail Blazers 8 in this simulation the Blazers uh, are selecting Benedict Matherin that's Ben Matherin Pac-12 player of the year out of Arizona uh, a 6 he listed at 67 uh when when I had my friend Mark Schindler on the on the pod uh, a couple weeks ago, he says that Ben Matherin is probably more like 6'5". He's a 2. He's not my choice. On the board when the Blazers pick at 8 is Tari Eason of LSU. I'm just jumping for Tari Eason over Ben Matherin. If I'm the Blazers, uh, no one else directly behind um, directly behind them in the lottery, I would say you like have to go get. But for me, what I would change here is I'd say the Blazers at 8th overall take Tari Eason. In this simulation, the Blazers also got the Pelicans pick, and they put, took Jeremy Sohan, uh, Baylor power forward, and Baylor forward at at uh, at twelve. I, Eason and Sohan would be a great haul because they're both they're both like fit the needs, right? Like Eason is is potentially the best defender in his draft class, a six eight power forward out of LSU who came off the bench for the Tigers despite being their most productive player, their leading scorer, and um, by some advanced metrics, like they're just straight up their most productive player. Um, you know, he's he. He, he can hoop. Tari Heeson could really play. I, I, Tari Heeson's one of my one of my favorite players in the draft, and and so on. Um, you know, he's he he has some ball handling skills, has some shooting skills, has like some fluidity at his size at six nine, and is um, uh, you know, it has has a bit of a motor. Like he, you know, two you get two six nine forwards on this roster. It's exactly what they need. That's a pretty good spin. Shall we do it again, y'all? Yeah, let's do it one more time. Our second spin on the lottery. Let's do it. And in our second spin, the Blazers land eighth again, and that pick from the Pelicans, well, guess what? They hopped up to fourth, and the Blazers do not get the Pelicans pick in this um, in this uh, simulation. The, the pick that New Orleans would give to the Blazers in the situation where uh, they miss where they miss the playoffs when the Clippers let's go positivity when the Clippers lose or when the Clippers win. I screwed up my own positivity when the Clippers win on Friday night when they win that home game. You know, four point favorites according to Bet Online when they win that home game. Uh, the Pels miss the playoffs, but if 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 their pick lands in the top four, they would keep it. And in our simulation here, they've landed in the top four. They picked Jay Nivey again. The Blazers, you know, this is just kind of how the uh, tankathon is set up. Is the Blazers uh, are eighth? It would be Ben Matherin again. I'm taking Tari Eason here. Let's go one more spin and see where it lands. Three spins on the tankathon. I got no luck today. The Blazers finished seventh in this one. Uh, 
the big jumpers here were the Spurs jumped up from nine to the third overall pick. Uh, Pistons, OKC, San Antonio, Orlando, Houston, the Indiana Pacers, and the Blazers go seventh. Um, this is an interesting spot. I think, se- like, would I still be considered Tari Eason at seven? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I would. But um, this would leave Shaden Sharp on the board. He's a guy who's a five-star recruit, supposed to be the, like just a phenomenal athlete, but did not play, sat out his freshman year at Kentucky um, to do to have this exact situation happen, to protect his status as a lottery pick. Um you know, six six with super long arms. Uh, from what I've read about him, I've, I've watched like one. I've watched like twelve minutes of YouTube videos on him. Uh, but like, you know, real pull up skills. Really good athlete. Might be a really good defender at his size. Could potentially be like a smaller three because of his length and athleticism. But probably early on in his career is a two, is a one two type with maybe some potential to play. Um, you know, all three of those spots if if he if he fills out a little bit at at six six with some long arms. Uh, I don't love Shaden Sharp because I like I don't think the Blazers need more guards, but I think he's intriguing enough that you would consider it. And in this same simulation, the Pelicans pick finished uh, or landed at 11th, and the Blazers get Jalen Duran, uh, the center from Memphis or big man from Memphis. I think he's a center. I don't. I've seen some people call him power forward. He's a center. The way the NBA works now, um, I would Jalen Duran is right up there for me. I think the Blazers desperately need some front line depth. Um, you know, I think w- for young guys, Duran is 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 still 18 years old as of now is uh, I believe will be 19 by the time the NBA season starts, but we'll be not, we'll be under uh, 19 at the night of the draft. Um, that'll be, that's like on draft night, he'll still be an 18 year old. Uh, he's guys that young just aren't that productive. So like having him be a backup, his first year in the league is fine. Jalen Duran out of Memphis would be um, high on, high on my list. If the Blazers end up in that sort of nine, 10, 11 range, I would strongly, strongly consider it. I would certainly take him over Johnny Davis of Wisconsin and probably Ben Matherin of, of Arizona. Those are your three spins. We did it. We did it. We did it. Uh, we're going to do this a bunch. Like I'm not going to, not going to make this an every, uh, an every pod thing, but we'll do this a bunch throughout the year. Um, and when the, and the uh, actual draft lottery is until May seventeenth. So once we get the actual draft lottery, uh, we'll we will uh, just straight up move into mock drafts because we'll know where the Blazers are going to pick, right? But for now, uh, over the next month, from it's uh, this is April fifteenth show, and over the next month, we will uh, we will spin the tankathon wheel a bunch and kind of figure out where. Um, where the Blazers go, and maybe I'll get lucky enough to finally get in the top four. Uh, didn't get lucky. Eight, eight, and seven are my best spins, and one spin where I didn't even get the Pelicans pick. Hopefully, the Blazers have better luck. Uh, you know, here's my advice to y'all. If you have one of those half red, half blue Clipper Dale suits, go ahead and put that on. If you got a Michael Olo Candy jersey, go ahead and put that on. If you got an Eric Piedakowski t-shirt, go ahead and put that on. <laughs> You got to root for the Clippers. Huge basketball game Friday night. I, I I talked, if you were listening to today's show and, you, and you're like, why didn't you talk Clippers Pelicans? Yesterday's show, waiting in your feed right before this one. If you're on YouTube, the video that I posted right before this one, all about Clippers Pelicans, about 22 and a half minutes on that matchup and how important it is. The biggest game of the Blazers season, you know, go Clips. Um, just come on. You got to root for Paul George. Um, playoff P, he's... 
Paul George has been pretty successful in the postseason. Don't get it twisted. He's been really successful when he hasn't had to play against Damian Lord. You know who isn't on the other team is no Damian Lord. Uh, unfortunately, CJ McCollum and Larry, Larry Nance Jr. to give a little Blazers juju, but a whole bunch of Blazers on that uh, on that Clippers roster as well. Shout out to Rodney Hood. Huge basketball game. Uh, celebrate it if they win. It's a It'll be a big moment for the Blazers. And then come back next week. Because we got five more episodes of Lockdown Blazers. It's what we do. So come join us. I would truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, if you're looking for us wherever you get podcasts. Uh, also, check out Lockdown Pelicans. Check out Lockdown Clippers. If, if you're trying to get prepped for the game, uh, my good friends who host those shows, Jake Madison and Charles Mockler, who host those two shows, do just a really good job. You will get hyped up and you will get sort of the view from both sides. So go check out those shows. Come back next week. Look for us wherever you get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers and you'll find us right there. I appreciate you listening, and I'll talk to you soon.